Thank you, Seth. Thank you, Spencer, worship team. It's good to be with you all. And uh, yeah, it's nice to come out here to Port Clinton campus. Pastor Ryan is at another campus this morning. So we're on our own. How about that? Dismissed. Have a great day. <laughs> all right. Just kidding. Hey, um, I want to draw your attention to the new series uh, we're going to be going through in just a moment. But I want to begin it this way. And we're starting this uh, today and then for the next couple of weeks. Um, this verse that, uh, these words that Paul, the Apostle Paul, shares with Timothy, so it goes like this, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits for this life and the life to come. My wife and I, we like to exercise. I was in the gym yesterday, you can tell, and um, just thank you. Uh, we try to watch what we eat, and probably you do too. Uh, it's, it's important to take care of our bodies. But what Paul is saying here is that it's so much more important to take care of our souls, to train for godliness. What godliness means is that we take seriously growing in Christ's likeness, that more and more we want uh, our lives to look like uh, as if Jesus would live our lives if he were me. And so we take godliness seriously. And in the scripture, it's interesting, there are a variety of Disciplines. You know, when you go to the gym, you lift weights, you do aerobic. That's a different disciplines to get your body in shape. Spiritually, there are different disciplines that we can uh, enter into to help us spiritually get in shape, take care of our souls, like Bible reading, like what we're doing right now. We've gathered together for worship. This is important for our hearts. The idea of fellowship, um, the idea of giving up our time, our talents, even being generous with our treasures, different disciplines that help us to become more Christ-like to train for godliness. Two that often go together are prayer and fasting. That's what we're going to be talking about today and the next two weeks. When you leave today, you're going to receive a prayer card that will guide you through ways to pray over the next 21 days, starting tomorrow. And the first uh, five days are really connected to our church values. Please pray for us as a church that we would reflect these values and that you yourself would reflect these values. And then the next day, we're going to go on to what we've talked about the last six weeks, our Vision 2023 series, the things that we want to do better at sending our roots down and getting better at uh, building a culture of family, being more like Jesus, equipping the next generation and so on. And then uh, for the remaining days, really things related to our character, who doesn't want these in, the, in, in our lives. I mean, I do, you do. We want these in the life of the church. So pray for yourself, pray for those closest to you, pray for us as a church, all right? So we're talking about prayer and fasting over the next few weeks. But today, today we're giving all of our attention to this idea of fasting. Now this uh, past week, the Lent season began on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Some of you grew up in a church where Lent was observed um, every year. And uh, you fasted in some way. Um, so some of you are aware of fasting. Uh, this last hour after last service, I had a number of people come up to me in the lobby and say, I, I never understood what fasting was at all. And so I think that's true. For a lot of us, we're misinformed, or maybe we've even thought we understood it, but we've misapplied it. And so hopefully we can clear some of those things up as we go along. What I'd like to start with is sort of a working definition of fasting, which we'll come back to later on. And it goes like this, fasting is giving up a need to embrace my greatest need. That's what we're going to be talking about. Um, when Jesus 
began his earthly ministry, he taught a, a sermon, a message called the Sermon on the Mount. It shows up in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And uh, it's the first recorded message of his. And it's all about how do you live out the kingdom values, God's kingdom values here on earth? How do we live for God here on earth? And you get to chapter 6, and he starts talking about the issue of being generous with our uh, money. And then he goes into the idea of uh, prayer. And then he gets into the issue of fasting. Jesus actually teaches about fasting. And so I'd like us to look at his words so we can understand it a little bit better, unpack these words. And it goes like this, Jesus teaching. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and, when, and your father who sees everything will reward you. That's it. Now maybe you notice in these words, a couple of times, Jesus says, when you fast. Not if you fast, but when you fast. It was like a sort of an expectation that there would be fasting. And in fact, if you go back through the Old Testament, you'll see fasting throughout, up through the New Testament. It's always been a part of the life of the church. Not if you fast, but when you fast. It's an expectation Jesus has of his followers, of the believing community. Uh, when you fast. Now, now why, would, why would fasting, of all things, be so important? Remember, we're to train ourselves for godliness, right? How do we do that? With disciplines. I was thinking about baseball. I was talking to a baseball coach in the lobby afterward, after the service. And right now, baseball teams are preparing for the season. There are professional teams down south preparing for the baseball season. And these players are in the batting cages, swing after swing after swing, so that when they get to game time, the real thing, they're going to hit much more proficiently. Well, let's not talk about baseball. Let's talk about a piano player, a performer, who has a recital coming up or a major performance. And this piano player is going to spend lots and lots of time at the piano practicing. Now, practice is important for the baseball player, for the piano player, but also natural talent has something to do with it as well for, the, for, those, for baseball and for piano playing or whatever sport or art you might prefer. But, but when it comes to living for God, living out God's kingdom values here on earth, living the, the, the kind of life God intends for me to live, not one of us in this room has a natural talent. We're not born with a natural talent that way. That's where discipline comes in. The baseball player has the batting cages. The piano player has time at the piano before the performance. We as Christians, to train ourselves for godliness, to be more Christ-like, we have various disciplines, and fasting is one of them. So, Jesus goes on to explain what fasting looks like, but he starts with what it shouldn't look like, right? This is, this is a bad look of fasting. He says this, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. Now, when I look at these words, the word that jumps out at me is the word hypocrite. <laughs> That's such a strong word. Maybe you've called somebody a hypocrite before or thought that, or maybe somebody's called you a hypocrite before. We're all hypocrites to a degree. Um, a hypocrite is actually a stage actor. 
And in this audience that Jesus is speaking to, his Sermon on the Mount, in the audience are these religious leaders who were just great actors. I mean, they looked the part, but who were they really? And what these hypocrites would do is they would, they would make themselves look like they're in pain, make themselves look hungry, make themselves look disheveled. But it didn't reflect their true hearts. And this is what Jesus says. He says, I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. What is the reward Jesus is talking about? If we go back to the earlier words, he said people will admire them for looking like they're fasting, thinking that they're fasting. People may admire them. People may give them applause. But God will be silent. So, Jesus goes from the wrong way to look at fasting to the right way to look at fasting. This is what he says next. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, brush your teeth while you're at it. The, the idea is to don't look any different. Don't act differently. Don't talk differently. Just be you. Don't, don't put on social media, hey, I'm fasting, especially if you're fasting from social media. That would not be good. You know, don't, don't tell your friends that you're... No, there's no need for anybody to know because it is between you and God always. Jesus says, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father in heaven who knows what you do in private. It's, a, it's to be a very private, intimate thing between me and God, you and God. And then Jesus says these words. Ready? And your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. What in the world could be the reward for fasting, for giving up something? And the answer is God himself. God rewards us with himself, which brings us back to the working definition we had earlier. Fasting is giving up a need to embrace my greatest need. Now, I mentioned that fasting is found throughout the Old Testament, through the New Testament, and so over the years, centuries, many, many people have commented on this idea of fasting, what it looks like, and I pulled out a few quotes just to give you just a sort of another perspective of what fasting is. For example, Brett Landry says, fasting is a way to take our eyes off the things of this world to focus completely on God. It's, it's, it really is, when you think about it, the things that compete for the affections of our heart. It's really interesting to think about where our energy goes, whether it's to food or technology or, what, or whatever it might be. And what fasting does, it's an effort to replace the energy that goes to those things with an energy that would go toward God. I'm taking my focus off something and now I'm putting my focus on God. Now, we'll get into some examples in a little while. But let me go on to another quote. This is from Richard Foster. Fasting reveals the things that control us. Somebody, this is so true of me, I think, but somebody said a, a cell phone is like a pacifier for adults. Don't you feel that at times? You just feel like, yeah, I, what am I going to do without my, where's my phone, where's my phone? Maybe you feel that. Not everybody's like that. But there's probably something in your life that's like that. So this is what fasting does. But when I give up something, it reminds me that that 
that I don't have to be controlled by anything. And my deep desire is to be controlled by God, to be led by God, not by that thing, whatever that thing might be. The last quote I'll give you. When we are stuffed with other things, we never allow ourselves to be in a place of longing. Each one of us in this room. Or you could live in the, in the jungles of Indonesia or live somewhere on a fancy street in Europe or in a penthouse on Madison Avenue in New York City or Marblehead, Port Clinton, Oak Harbor, Catawba, wherever. We are all born with this deep longing for God, whether you know it's there or not. And what happens is, over time, we, <clears throat> we have so many things that occupy our minds and our hearts that mask that deep, deep longing for God. And when I remove that thing from my life for a while, I'm back in touch with that deep longing for God. That's the way fasting is supposed to work. Fasting is never just giving up something. It's taking on God. That's the point of fasting. Um, <clears throat> so at our Sandusky campus, we have a, a director of our kindergarten through fifth grade ministry. Her name is Brittany Wadsworth. Really neat lady. And um, maybe a month ago, she was talking to our staff and, and had gave her devotional, not knowing this series was coming up. But she talked about her experience with something that had controlled her life and then giving it up and finding more of God as a result. Fasting. And so uh, we, we, we videotaped her story. And uh, I want to share that with you. And uh, let's, let's learn from Brittany here. Here we go. Hi, my name is Brittany Wadsworth. And um, as we were approaching this um, prayer and fasting subject, Pastor Eric just asked me to share um, a recent story, um, a current struggle, um, and how fasting has played a role into that. About the end of 2019, I can clearly remember New Year's Eve, and I just was kind of at the end of myself. Um, I frankly was just sick of me. I was sick of my body, I was sick of how I felt. And so I felt like um, word of the year, everybody having a word of the year was really trendy. And so I felt like going into January of 2020, um, I would find a word for myself. And so after just praying and, um, and just thinking about it, I felt like um, Jesus gave me the word abide. And so I began January of 2020, and that's what I did. I didn't make any changes um, with what I was struggling with. I, I just was abiding in Jesus. And so I would um, focus on my chair time every day. I just made it more consistent. Um, I just allowed myself to just really lean into him. And through that, um, I just really came to a realization that there was a part of my life that I hadn't really given over to him. And that was um, my food addiction. Um, I found myself filling my, my body and my emotions and my heart with food. And um, he really started to work on me. During um, just working and processing in my heart, um, my first thought was, okay, so I'll go on a diet and I'll work out and I'll lose the weight and, um, and that's what Jesus wants for me. And I just felt like God was like, no, I just want you to abide. I just want, I want you to um, be filled with me. And so, um, as God would have it, I was in Hobby Lobby and I ran across this book called 
um, the 40-day sugar fast. And what it was was really a physical detox that creates spiritual transformation. And so I really felt at that point um, God was asking me to fast. I had never really been in a deep state of um, dependence on God in that way. Um, I had learned that I fed my heart and my soul with food um, my whole life and I had gotten it under control on and off again but really really taking care of the heart issue um, had just not happened in my life and so I surrendered um, sugar for, um, for 40 days um, and what I found was that fasting from something um, in a tangible way it just really supercharged um, God to be able to almost use a scalpel in my heart in a way that he couldn't do otherwise. Addiction is real. Um, for me, it's food. It could be social media. It could be alcohol. It could be busyness. But for me, um, fasting from something that I was so depending on and just having to rely on God um, just emptied myself. And God was able to just work in me in a different way. So fasting has helped me to understand that he's enough. He's the only one that's going to sustain me. And it's helped me to rely on him and need him in a different way than I ever have before. It's helped me to take my little literal hunger, I'm hungry for food, into a holy hunger. Um, I know that I cannot stay away from sugar and food without the dependence of Him. I'm able to give Him the glory for any victory that I have. Um, I have to rely on Him entirely. It's been incredibly rewarding. Um, it's a journey that I'm continually on and I really believe it'll be something that I'll have to rely on God for the rest of my life. But what I found um, is that the reward of prayer and fasting. Sure, I've, I've lost a couple sizes, I've lost some weight, but that's not the reward. The reward for prayer and fasting is found in the prayer and fasting. Mm, I really appreciate uh, Brittany's transparency, her honesty, her authenticity, and um, lights. Well, someday, that's all right. I'm, I, I trust you're there. I trust you can see me. Okay, you know, um, it's, uh, it, her story is not your story. Her life is not your life. And what has controlled her may not control you, but, but what, what is it? And so I want to walk us through um, some next steps as to how this, this could help you in some way. So let me just walk us through a few ideas. Step one, to ask yourself, what has a controlling influence in my life? We're all so different, aren't we? So here, here's some ideas. Social media, Netflix, sugar, gossip, Alcohol, Amazon, shopping, fast food, criticism, sarcasm, you could throw that in there, ESPN, video games, and <clears throat> television, you could add exercise in there, I suppose, or maybe hanging out with certain people, or I, I, I don't know what it is. You, you, can't, you can't say, oh, I'm going to fast from like shoveling my driveway or, or doing the dishes. I mean, you gotta, some things you got to do, right? But uh, what, what, what might that thing be? that, uh, hmm, that probably has too much controlling influence in my life. Step two, ask yourself, how will I replace a need with my greatest need, Jesus? So here's just a couple of examples. And again, you can be incredibly creative. And if you've fasted before, you may want to take it up a notch. But for those of you who have never even given this a thought, start very simply. Some ideas, uh, instead of watching Netflix, perhaps that's the, the, the binging thing is the controlling. Replace it maybe with... You know, I'm going to read through a portion of the Bible. Here we say Gospel of John, but maybe something else. Earlier I read a, a verse from 1 Timothy. Maybe I want to read through 1 Timothy. 
Um, uh, skipping a meal, replace it with just prayer, asking God for your daily bread or the things you need in your life or the things that people around you need, just a time of prayer. Um, social media, maybe replace it with play, praying for my three. What I mean by that, instead of thumbing through Facebook and doing the, uh, you know, what do they call that, trolling or whatever it is, instead of doing that, maybe praying, thinking about the people in your circles uh, it could be two people, it could be six people, if we say my three, but, but people where you're, you're just unsure, they, they, they have a relationship with God, they're still unsure about Christ, just pray for them and pray for an opportunity to be a witness in their life, with your life and with your words. Step three, choose a length of time to fast. This is going to be different, again, for everybody, but some, uh, a few hours up to a whole day, perhaps, Multiple days, multiple weeks, 40 days of Lent. Maybe it's one hour a day, whatever it might be. But if you're new to fasting, something simple. All right? Last thing. Remember, fasting does not lead to earning brownie points with God. Rather, it reminds me that he is my greatest need. So there's nothing. If you are in Christ, there is nothing you can do to make God love you less, to make God love you more. Fasting has nothing to do with that. We are, we are rescued by God through faith in Christ alone. God has done for us through Jesus what we could never do for ourselves. He loves us, period. But what fasting does is, as a discipline, it takes us to a new level of our sensitivity, of our sense of God working in our lives. It draws us closer to God. It, it trains us for godliness, and that's where we started. Christ-likeness together. So over the next 21 days, let's, let's pray together. You'll receive the prayer card on the way out. Put that somewhere where you can pray every day in the ways that we've outlined. And then consider something, something fast, maybe over the 20, next 21 days for the next week or whatever, and watch what happens. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this time to come before you and be reminded of your love for us. And for the uh, things you've given us to, um, I guess, take that love a little bit deeper, our love for you. So would you, uh, for each of us in this room, reveal to us what that might be for us, how we could enter into this idea of prayer and fasting over the next 21 days. Take us deeper, please. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.